0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Well, I'm so grateful to be joined by Ray Whitehouse and Frankie Gonzalez-Wolf with um, Run for More, which is a new documentary that just... um, premiered at Outfest this past week. It documents Frankie's historic trailblazing campaign for city council um, in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Max.
0: So Ray, I want to start with you because you're the director of this project. Tell me, how did you find out about Frankie's story and learn about her? campaign for city council?
2: Yeah, I met Frankie in 2016, when she was a campaign volunteer for the Clinton campaign. I was living in San Antonio at the time. And campaign volunteers really just inspire me, you know, they work on campaigns, and believe that the work that they're doing has an impact on the overall outcome. And uh, at the margins, that's true. So um, I think that campaign volunteers overall don't necessarily get the recognition that they deserve and so i set out to make a short film about campaign volunteers and got to meet frankie when i went to the clinton office in san antonio Um, so we filmed a little bit in 2016 and then uh i got to meet her husband jeff and you know we built a relationship a little bit and then um two years later she called me and said hey i think i'm gonna run for office and i asked frankie if i could keep filming with her and that's that's how the majority of the the project unfolded in that in that year of when Frankie was running. So we started in two thousand and sixteen. I got to know Frankie a little bit. We stayed in touch, and then the film uh, evolved from there.
0: Yeah, and that's crazy to think that you know sticking around with her over those years would develop into this campaign of her own. So, you know. From the beginning, she was a volunteer for someone else's campaign. And then she decided to spearhead her own campaign and be the candidate herself. Um, How soon, I have one more question for you, Ray, and then I'll switch gears to Frankie, but how soon after finding out about her campaign, did you realize that this was going to be the subject of your next film? I know you talked about how you were just planning on doing a short about campaign volunteers, but how did that sort of um, transition into focusing into being a, film about Frankie specifically?
2: Yeah, the film, we were in or I was in post production on editing the short when Frankie let me know that she was going to run. And I really thought that the exploring the transformation from wanting to be a volunteer to actually wanting to be the candidate was super fascinating. And then you add in the context of everything that's been happening in texas as it relates to anti-trans legislation anti-lgbt legislation frankie's deciding to step up in that context i thought was really um, really inspiring and um and the fact that no one uh had ever been elected as a trans person openly in texas you know there's kind of that can frankie do something that no person has ever done before um, aspect to it so i thought especially because of the relationship that we had formed from 2016 to 2018, that we could do both something that explored this broader political campaign narrative arc, but also go beyond that sort of top line. um, Can she win, but also explore because of the relationship that we had, can we explore how Frankie had been transformed by this experience? Um, And I think that that's what... um, that's what makes this film uh, different from a lot of other political documentaries, is we really get into that aspect of it. And that only happened because Frankie, um, you know, granted me access and allowed me into her life in a way that we could make that kind of film.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Frankie, I'd love to switch gears. Um, by the time Ray approached you, what- about wanting to do a documentary about your campaign in 2019. You had already known him for a couple of years. So was there a certain level of comfort there knowing that race specifically, who wanted to do documentary is someone that you've known and so you had trust in him in telling your story of your campaign?
1: I did. Only because Ray and I had already started working on the um, volunteer idea of, you know, working on this uh, as, you know, us volunteers and what we do on campaigns. Now, mind you, I have been working in politics for 26 years. You know, the first campaign I ever worked on was the Clinton-Gore campaign in 1996. So I have been doing this for a very, very long time. And I've managed several, several, several campaigns and been on every arc of a campaign that you can think of but um yeah when ray keeping in touch with ray when he had notified me you know that he would like to um stay in touch when he was in dc i had called him and said you know um i'm thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna run for office myself uh, the idea that i had in my head at the time now that i think back about it was thinking oh would ray would want to maybe capture what local government is about on the, the local side of volunteers. Um, I never thought um, that the documentary would turn into um, me um, in, in essence, but um, I'm honored and proud. And I'm glad that we were able to tell a, a very important story here in Texas.
0: The documentary definitely does touch on your years of volunteerism for many campaigns, starting with that Clinton Gore 96 campaign, which was highlighted, um, but you also come from the corporate world, which isn't the most traditional background for a political candidate or for someone who aspires to be an elected official. Can you tell me about that moment, if it was a singular moment or moments that compelled you to enter the political arena in that aspect as a candidate?
1: Sure. Well, I um... I have been, like I said, I've worked on several, several campaigns and I've helped many, many uh, officials get elected. Um, I've heard the promises they've made to their constituents. I've heard their uh, stump speech over and over again. Um, I've written many of those (laughs) speeches, but at the very end of the day, it, a lot had to do with uh, diversity and inclusion. What I was helping um, candidates get elected on was the fact that they would use members of the LGBTQ community as a platform for their races. Yet, um, we were a tool for them to use, yet not many of them were practicing the, that diversity inclusion in their offices, meaning they wouldn't hire people that were trans, they wouldn't hire people that were gay or lesbian, uh, so on and so forth. So, I started to become a little frustrated with that. Um, And then jumping into this race had a little bit to do with that. I I, I was tired of continuously helping others be a voice for me at the table that I decided that I could just be my own voice and I didn't have to help others do that. Um, So that was part of my motivation of me trying to get in there. And then Ray touched on it um, very well you know, I live in Texas, I'm a trans woman who lives in Texas. And time and time again, you know, even back then we were faced with, um, you know, bathroom bills and all this other nonsense that Texas likes to pull. Um, And it really started to hit on that I I was, I was sick of seeing um, so many cisgender individuals sit at a table and make decisions about my life. um, And people like me who you know, in essence, they're ignorant about, um, and they don't really understand what we go through daily to just try to live honestly and truthfully. Um, So that really started, you know, that with just a lot of other things just started to build together that led me to, yeah, it was just, it was time for someone like me to step up to show that we can be more than the stigma that's placed upon us on all the time, and um, yeah, I, I I wasn't I wasn't gonna hold back anymore. And being that I've been working in politics for so long, I said it's it's a great opportunity. So I took advantage of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And your campaign came right after the 2018 midterms, I believe. Your campaign was in 2019, and that was a year where we saw many insurgent candidates in the progressive movement sort of take on the establishment of the Democratic Party and come out victorious in many um, races. Was that at all an influence of the possibility of candidates who are able to successfully go against the status quo um, as your campaign sought to do?
1: So yes and no. Yes, I knew that I was going to be coming off of this you know, little progressive wave that was happening. Um, at the very end of the day, I do live in Texas. And the district that I was running in happens to be a little more conservative. Um, And I was running for a nonpartisan seat, which at the time, my thought process was you got to start somewhere and having a voice at the table somewhere um, mattered, right? Um, So, and you know, and you know, with long term politicians, they like to stay in office for 418 years, Mm -hmm. and they really don't give an opportunity for others to come in and have fresh ideas and, you know, put them to use. Um, So I thought this, you know, going into a nonpartisan race might be a little simple, was simpler for me. um, And just to find, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as simple, you know, I do live in a conservative community. Well, somewhat conservative, a community. And yeah, they, at the very end of the day, they just, they saw what they wanted to see and they just immediately um, put me in a category that um, was somewhat disappointing.
0: Yeah. Um, Ray, I wanted to switch gears and ask about the film because we've definitely seen political documentaries in the past. Um, I'm thinking of the recent Netflix film, "Knock Down the House, which documented AOC and Cori Bush's campaigns and um, Beto O'Rourke had a, I think HBO documentary of his own or something like that. So we've seen a lot of these like on the ground, you know, campaign documentaries. Can you talk about um, maybe inspiration that you got from past documentaries that you helped you in sort of informing what the tone or the pace would be of this um, doc?
2: That's a that's a really great question. And I love how you framed it up. Um... I actually was the second unit DP on Rachel Lears' follow-up film called To the End. Um, and so it's been a real, um, yeah, it was, it was a real honor to work with her. And um, Knock Down the House was definitely a film that um, had an impact on this film in terms of how I was thinking about structure. Um, David Modigliani, who directed The Beto Doc, um, he also has been sort of an informal, Person who I've chatted with about the film, and you know, we we had a lot of conversation, or we had a conversation actually at South by Southwest um, about how to make a film about somebody who loses their election. You know, um, because in the, in the Running with Beto doc, it's a similar situation where um, you know there's not that happy ending at the end, where you know the the climax of the movie is is the candidate wins. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I am a political junkie, you know, I love politics. And so, um, documentary and politics documentary really like, um, have, have been sort of influential in my life for a very long time. Um, I saw the war room by D. A. Pennebaker in, when I was in high school, um, I actually got to meet D. A. Pennebaker when I was at full frame, uh, in 2014, you know, primary, um, uh, the up uh, uh, crisis, you know, that he did in the 1960s. Um, you know, all those films in various ways have influenced me. So, um, I, I knew as a first time, as this was my first feature. So in some ways I wanted to rely upon a narrative structure that I understood and had seen. Um, I didn't want to try something super out of the box in terms of narrative structure for my first one. So um, knowing that Frankie was an amazing collaborator and participant, um, and knowing that I had this narrative structure that I could rely upon because I had seen it used a lot, I felt like those were the two things that even though there were a lot of hard questions and questions that I didn't necessarily know the answer to, I at least had those two things going for me in the way that I was going to put the film together, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's so many films, political docs, and, um, also just films that don't necessarily relate to a campaign, but relate to politics that sort of, um, were percolating in my brain while I was working on this film. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the actual specific structure that we, ended up finding the edit. I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to our editor, Katrina DeVera, and also our executive producer, PJ Raval. Both of them were in different ways. Like PJ was really pushing us to think about what is the text of the film and then what is the subtext of the film and really trying to make sure that it went beyond just what happens in the campaign. And then with Katrina, you know, we, we edited this film entirely remotely for the first year and a half that we edited it because of the pandemic. So um, it was just a lot of phone calls, a lot of um, vir- virtual post-it notes yeah. where we would think about narrative structure. And um, it, it took a while to figure out how to interweave Frankie's public interactions with stuff that happened at her house or just out of the public eye. We, we tried to really weave those things together in a way where we build to uh, showing how f- the campaign has changed Frankie and how she feels like uh, she's grown and evolved from this process. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there were so many movies that I had watched that had had impacted me in that way.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I think we love political documentaries so much is because you see the personal, you see the you know behind the scenes when they're not out giving that public facing you know persona for the cameras or for you know the people who are coming to hear their speeches. We love that, you know, behind the scenes when they're with their significant other, or they're with their family and what they're like in those situations, which are pretty juicy. Um, Frankie, I'd love to switch gears because the epilogue of this film touches on how you are now the chief of staff for a county commissioner. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, not to give any spoilers away, but, you know, you do end up coming up short in your campaign at the end um, of this film and so you are now the chief of staff or county commissioner so could you talk about some of the change that you're able to still affect in that role that um, was sort of part of your platform in your campaign
1: sure a lot of it has to do with visibility um and you know i feel now that well let me just go back a little bit and not just do a lot of spoilers of the film but a lot of it has to do with, um, finding my footing and finding who I am and how I wanted to be in this community. Right. And so going into the campaign originally, I felt I knew myself, I knew what I was doing. Um, I I was very confident and headstrong about, um, what I wanted to represent. The campaign taught me something very valuable and it taught me about privilege. It taught me about uh, the trans community. It taught me so much about the people who I was really trying to be the voice for at the very end of the day. Um, and I grew a lot from it. Um, so coming into this role as the first openly trans uh, person to be a chief of staff for uh, an elected official in Texas, um I wanted to ensure that I went into this with just a very, very, very uh, visible manner that I didn't hide about who I am as a person. Meaning um, I now walk into rooms and I take up space. Um, I, I ensure that uh, you know when questions are asked, I answer. And I ensure that I'm always asking questions. Um, you know, we deal a lot with county budget, um, with many departments that make up the, you know, the County, um, and I ensure that I play a very big role in you know, how we look at, you know, contractors, we look at diversity inclusion, you know, we want to make sure that people that are being placed on, um, certain committees and, uh, or, uh, you know, just people that I want to work with the County that we look at, uh, who they represent and what they're representing to make sure that we touch on all demographics. So I feel now that I have a better insight um, into, you know, being closer to the table that I want to be at, um, I I feel like I, I now have a responsibility to help knock down more walls. And what I mean by that is, you know, with many of the activists and uh, people in the community, in the, trans, in the LGBT community holistically are, are trying to do is knock down these walls to be able to have uh, an opportunity to, you know, speak louder and affect change with our legislation. Um, and now that being someone who is a little more on the inside, I feel like I get to do the opposite. I get to knock down those walls from the inside out um, you know, so that I can meet my partners in the middle so that we can knock down these walls just a bit faster. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I still have a lot of learning to do. Um, I, I won't say that this film taught me everything, but um, it did bring me a, a closer to who I am as a person. Um, and, and I'm so honored. Uh, I'm honored by that. Um, the, you know, at the very end of the day, no, I may not have won this election, but I still came out, uh, you know, a thousand percent winner only because of my growth and development and what I still get to do for the community, which is serve. I, you know, I, I, uh, that's my passion. My passion is to be able to help others and be a voice for the voiceless. Um, so I, I get to do that every day and I'm proud of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, my last question is perhaps the most obvious, which is, do you have plans to run again?
1: Um, so that is a great question that I constantly get asked the, the, the answer to that is yes, I, I do. Um, I'm not done yet. Um, I do believe that there is so much more that I I want to get done as far as the, the Texas legislation is concerned. Um, but I know it's not going to be in a nonpartisan arena. Um, and only because I feel like I can affect more change by, playing the role that I'm supposed to play. And that's fighting with the people who continue to, um, place me into a category that um, is just unfair, you know? Um, and I I'm looking forward to running, uh, likely for a, a house representative position. Oh, wow. Mind you, it's not going to happen next week. And it may not happen for another four or five years. Um, I, I still have I feel I still have a lot of uh, learning and growth to do um, I want to make sure that this time when I go into this race I go in with the, the, you know heart spirit and mind all uh, coming together as one I want to I want to talk to more organizations um, throughout Texas although I'd be I'd be representing just a, 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 a small part of Texas in the Texas ledge I want to make sure that um, I, I still am representing a, a, a community holistically all over Texas. So I know that they're going to be looking for that voice. Um, and I want to make sure that I understand their needs and concerns. So when I go into this race, it's going to help me be able to put together my platform, what I'm running on, why I'm truly running for this. And um, just, I think it's going to give me more of a motivation and being really prepared uh, and assisting this community and, and its needs.
0: So you intend your next campaign to be for the Texas House, not another council campaign? No, that's okay. correct. That okay. More- House, yeah. Um,
1: you know, but like I said, it, it, it all depends on what availability there is. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's, it's just easy. You know, people like to stay in offices for a very long time. But um, yeah, when I feel like my heart, mind and soul is ready, um, I'll jump into it.
0: So Ray sounds like another project you'll need to jump on for not a, a sequel.
1: Right we call it a run for even more
0: yeah there we go you already have the title I think (laughs) you're good to go Um, well Frankie Ray thank you both so much for chatting with me the documentary was great and um, yeah I really appreciate it
1: thank you so much I appreciate it
0: thanks Max (music) thanks so much for tuning in Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.